Hello, thanks so much for tuning in to our podcast. I'm Michael Grant, Senior Pastor of Faith Worship Center International right here in Columbus, Georgia. Today, I'd like to share a word straight from God that's just for you. I hope you're prepared. Grab your pen, paper, your tablet. Most importantly, grab your Bible, your sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And let's prepare to take notes on what God has to share with you on today. I'm excited for you because you're about to grow to a greater place of faith in God. Let's tune into the word. There is a word from the Lord, and I'd like to just put it real simple in two words. What we're going to be talking about this month is the fact that we need to shout now. Let me hear somebody say that. Say shout now. Yeah, you're going to get the concept here in just a few moments as we go, as we go. But I, I want to set the stage of understanding for what God is saying in these last and evil days. I'd like to, of course, uh, welcome our viewing audience, those who are tuning in uh, via our live stream. God bless you. If you're unable to be in the house today, we're coming to you. And so let's celebrate our viewing audience today as they are tuning in with us live. We pray that brunch with Bishop just ministered to your heart. Now we're going to break the bread of life in a new and worshipful way. And so today we are grateful to uh, come together and uh, welcome back to our praise team and our musicians. Amen. We thank God for those minstrels, those unique gifts that that can do what most can't do. I tell you what, you you. You get over there on those keys, on those strings, and on those, those drums and try to do what they do if you want to, uh, you, will, you will be lacking in, in many ways, and so we're grateful for them. Uh, minstrels have always been a very uh, integral part, intricate part of the body of Christ. I'm already teaching. Uh, because God made it so worship was a part of existence. As a matter of fact, Lucifer, prior to his fall, it is said that he was one who made melody in heaven, who set the atmosphere for the presence of God in his own realm. And yet because he has now fallen, he's frustrated with us because now we are the worship that ascends to heaven. We release the sound of, of adoration that touches the heart of the father and uh, he can't have our place no more. Yeah, and so we, we understand that it must be very important that God saw fit that when, there was, when, when heaven was void of worship, are you with me? When heaven became void of worship, that he ensured that he allowed a creature or a being to, to release the same sound. So much so that the Bible says, if, if that creature, I'm talking about you and I, if we don't praise him, the Bible says the rocks will cry out. That's how important praise and worship is in the heart of God. And so what we did this morning, we released a sound that, that caused heaven to say, yeah, yeah, they, they're doing what they're supposed to do now. I know you, th you thought you were just clapping your hands. You thought you were just doing your dance or rocking and waving. But we were swaying with the atmosphere and the mood of heaven, the spirit of God, like waters, like waves coming forward and moving backwards. We were in the flow of heaven. And God enjoys that. 
He enjoys when he sees his children doing what he's called them to do. And so today, as pertaining to shouting now, I want to put special focus on us as believers maximizing corporate worship. Let me hear you say that. I must maximize corporate worship. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 20, chapter 10, verse 25, that we ought not forsake the assembling together of ourselves, as is the manner of some, but we ought to provoke one another to love, because as the last and evil days come, it's our responsibility. Paul, we believe, the apostle is writing to Hebrews, letting them know that we as believers must preserve, we must uh, protect and preserve the benefits that God has given us, the privileges that Christ has made available to us, it's our responsibility to preserve them. Uh, when it comes to faith, it's just something about connecting with people who believe like you believe, and it just make you feel like you ain't out there by yourself. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You ever been believing God for something, but nobody else understood, and so you kind of felt like, man, I, I just need somebody to agree with me on this thing. That's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 18. He said, if any two of you will agree as touching a thing, turn to your neighbor and say, we ain't got to touch. <laughs> we just got to agree. <laughs> man, I love how God even overcomes things like COVID-19 where we got to distance ourselves spatially. It's all right. I give you six feet, but you need to be agreeing with me in the midst of that space because if we agree, it's as if we are touching hand in hand, believing and agreeing that what God has said it is. So it's just something about believers being able to agree, to come together and agree for something because here's what Jesus said. He says, there I'll be in the midst of them. Yeah, he says, and whatever you ask for, you'll have it. Why? Because you did it the way that I told you to do it. It's just something about coming together as believers and preserving what God has made available to us. Yeah, some things that you approach in life, you're not going to be able to do by yourself. You need somebody to agree with you. There are some tasks that you take upon yourself in life that you just won't be able to fulfill it fully in, through, and by yourself. you got to link up with somebody. I could ask somebody to come up here. As a matter of fact, you look at this, this sanctuary that we're sitting in today and you realize that it looks a lot different than the last time we were here. Used to have pews in here. Well, I tell you what, it wasn't one individual that came in here and lifted those pews. I can guarantee you that a few of our, a few good men we had had to come together, get together and use some strategies and some tools and make sure that they worked. Here's the term that I'm getting us to. Together. And when they came together, it, it was accomplished in record time. These men and, and women came in here and moved these pews before you knew it. It, was, it wasn't but about an hour and a half or, or so where they were in here and out of here rolling those pews on out of here real smoothly because it wasn't one individual's job. It was a group task. We as the body of Christ must understand that as anointed as we are, as powerful as we are, as called as we are of God in and of ourselves, there's only so much we can do. But when we come together, as believers, when we forsake not the assembling together of ourselves, Jesus said through Paul the apostle, we preserve the benefit, the privilege that comes through Christ. We've seen that practically speaking in our nation over this last weekend, haven't we? Specifically, even in this region, there was not a march of one individual. It wasn't one person protesting. It was countless individuals coming together, marching down the street with nobody even socially distancing. Where they, they said, hey, honey, we 
got to let our voice be known. It's just something about coming together. Masks on, of course, I'm not knocking the concept. I'm just saying, when, when, when you come together to get something accomplished, one man protesting can't get but so much accomplished. But when we come in forces, yeah, that's practically speaking. We can get more accomplished. So, 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 so now, believers, if we can protest together, then surely we ought to be able to praise together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're going to have to work our way on this. If we can march together, surely we can make melody in our heart together and realize that the same power that comes when we protest together, the same, the same ability that we're able to exude when we march together, how much more so when we set our mind on spiritual things, when we set our heart on things above, how much more can we use that same power that becomes anointing because when we come together in his name, God Almighty, it's one thing to come together in the name of George Lord. It's one thing to come together in the name of injustice, but when we come together in his name, he said, there I'll be in the midst. And whatsoever you ask of me, you shall have it. So it's important that we maximize the ability, the power, the potency of corporate worship. Uh, I love how the, the, uh, the psalmist or today our worship leader opened up by saying, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house. Now, you know, that's, that speaks on manifold levels now because we, uh, uh, we as believers here at this specific church, this is our first time coming together, even in a limited gathering form. But this is our first time of being able to come together in a long, good, in a good long while, as my granddaddy used to say. Yeah, this is, a long, this is the first time in a good long while. And so uh, uh, many of, uh, of you, as you were getting ready and preparing, you were glad when they said unto us, we're going to open up the services again. Come on, sound off if, you, if, I, if I'm talking your language. Yeah, yeah. You know, live stream was good to you. You know, even, even parking lot, it was, it, was, it was good. But it was just something about when you step foot in the building, you saw faces of people who believe like you believe and who praise like you pray. It was just something about when the minstrels hit the band and and, and this music began and the worship began. It was just something. Nothing can replace the assembling together of belief. There's nothing like it. Ain't nothing that can replace it. David said this. This was a psalm of David. Uniquely, Psalm 122 is specifically, if, you're, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. I'll do my best to teach a little bit. But I'm glad. I, I was glad when they said unto me. <laughs> let us go, let us go. I'm going to get there in a moment. But, but Psalm 122, the 122nd Psalm, is the passage of Scripture that specifically speaks of when David made that declaration. But uniquely, I'm open by saying uh, how powerful music is. That was a psalm. It was a song. It's called a song of ascension. It was a song. Your Bible may say uh, uh, the degrees of, of David, a psalm of the degrees of David. That term degrees means... It, it, it puts us in mind of what our old ancestors used to do when we were back in the country and we would have a choir meeting yeah, or, or, or your, your, your folk might have called it a singing yeah they used to have a singing but but the, the feature choir they what they would do is they get their robes on and they get them a march together and it'd take them about 20 good minutes to come into the sanctuary 
They almost want to drop it and rock it and then go on by the bend. They, they, they take a couple steps, but before you knew it, they're going to be on back, back near the door because they're going to they gonna march in together. That's the type of psalm, it's comically speaking, but, but that's, the, that's the, the type of psalm that David is pinning in Psalm 122 because here's the thing. It was only three times a year that all of Israel was able to come together. I sense the spirit of God on this thing. See, all throughout the year, they will worship in their own homes. They will worship in their own places of worship. They would, as families, get together and convene together as a community. But then when it was time for the Feast of Passover, when it was time for Pentecost, when it was time for, for the great Feast of the Ingathering, then from all over Israel, saints would come together. And David was so excited about that time. He said, boy, I got to write a song about it. You ever heard a song? You ever heard the saying, wrote a song about it? Like to hear it? Here it goes. Here's what David said. I was glad. Here's what we're going to sing when we march him into the great city of Jerusalem, the first city that I gained territory in when I became king of Israel, the very so first place where I took territory and gained victory and called this the Mecca of the kingdom of God, the very place that we're going to call the, the house of God, where the house of God will be built. Here is where we're going to worship. And here's what we're going to say when we get there. I was glad when they said unto me, I've been waiting all month long for us to open up the city gates of Jerusalem, for us to come together. I've been worshiping by myself. Matter of fact, David, he would mention back when his when his wife, Michael, gave him trouble when the great uh, Ark of the Covenant was brought back into the city of Jerusalem. He when, when he was worshiping, the Bible says he worshiped until it came out his clothes. And when his wife messed with him about it, he said, I'll get more vile than this. I'll snatch off all my clothes and praise him wherever I am because I know what to be appreciative of. I know what to be grateful for because there was a time when the presence of God was not in the house of God but now the ark the presence the covenant the move of God has come back in a fresh new way and I'll be doggone if I'm gonna care what you 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 or you think about my praise David was a worshiper he was a praiser and so he said when y'all come up in my house to praise with me you better put a smile on your face because I was glad and they said unto me we ain't going to sit back and, and frown about it. We ain't going to sit back and be nervous. We in here and we're going to bless him now. He said, he said, he said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go. Watch, let us go. David was a worshiper. He loved and, 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 and didn't mind worshiping by himself, but he knew the power that came in unity. He knew the understanding. Psalm 133, he understood that there was power, that God commanded his blessing and unity. Here's what he would say. Psalm, the 34th Psalm, around verse number two, he says something like this. He said, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Stop making me praise him all by myself. There's only so much I can get accomplished when I'm worshiping in and of my own ability. But sometimes when the presence of God has been established by a group of people who've been fasting, praying, interceding, have been loving on the Lord in their own time, and they all come together and they start worshiping in together, I can step foot in the, in, the, in the sanctuary and I feel the presence of God in great abundance. I know something different about here. I'm not saying it's nothing about the place, but it's something about the place when all of the people of God God. when all of these lively stones come together I said I was gonna stay up here then I'm gonna do my best I was something about when all of the members of the body come together then weight that was tossing us on our own that was whipping us when we were on our own we have strength in numbers to lift and to conquer and to overcome somebody say it's power in unity yeah, the Psalm the 34th Psalm verse number verse number three David said oh magnify the Lord with me 
let us exalt his name together. Something about the us of God. There's just something about when you unite with people who believe like you believe, who praise like you praise, who don't mind shouting and rejoicing in the presence of God. Have you noticed, have you not noticed, have you not noticed that in the time that the church has not been permitted to gather together, that crime and injustice and sickness has been plaguing our world at a greater level? you tell me it ain't power when people are not able to assemble together let's not even talk about the body of Christ let's talk about the world as we know it these young people who have been rioting looting and the things of that nature you know that is completely inappropriate is wrong but you got to think about what they've been doing over the last three months they ain't been able to talk to each other they ain't been able to go to school they ain't been able to gather nowhere they couldn't go to the club they couldn't turn up they they, they got chastised for doing it in their own backyard of their communities so they got anger just bottled up on the inside of them <clears throat> why because they have not been able to assemble there's something about something about see see we used to preach as we entered over into this new age of technology that coming to church is not necessary oh you can say that if you want to but I'm not gonna buy that lie I'm not gonna buy that lie I've seen it over the past three months what it does to a community never before has injustice been so prevalent never before has racism been so in your face never before has sickness and disease been on the rise throughout our life and space and it's all while the church has been unable to come together touch and agree say what you want but that ain't iron that ain't irony that's factual proof of the fact that there is power in us coming together david said i was glad Whew. i was glad when i finally heard the voice say that we can come back together because I've been warring on my own. I've been fighting some stuff. I can imagine David saying, you know, Bathsheba wasn't the first woman that caught his eye. <laughs> Come on now, Israel was full of pretty ladies, I can imagine. And he had his, his choice of the lot of them. So there had to be a war going on on the inside of him, manifold times and manifold errors. So, and the place where he found his greatest defeat was when all of the army was together out warring. And where was he? Isolated by himself. Watch this. Excessive isolation will guarantee you apostasy. Never forget that. Excessive isolation will guarantee you apostasy. What does that mean? The more you keep yourself away from people over an elongated period of time, there are some good things that come out of it. But if you stay there too long, it starts to decay and rot. You start to find that you start coming up with revelations. You start coming up with stuff that ain't nobody there to check you on and say, oh, sis, you might need to go back and look at the book on that one because that one a little bit off. Or, bro, you might want that. You might want that. But that ain't what God wants for you. When there is no confirmation, there can be no manifestation. And so God, God's, God wants us to understand that if we isolate ourselves too, too long, we find ourselves drawing away from the faith. Come on now, look around you. Look at, look at the people or, or text, call, Facebook, email, tweet, Instagram, whatever manner you want to talk to them. Look, matter of fact, look on their Facebook page. Has it not changed a little bit? Stuff they wouldn't have said before. They just feeling themselves now. Pictures they would not have posted before. They just feeling, they just, you know, they, they've been isolated so far. I just want somebody to see me. Okay, you ain't got to say amen. You can say amen, ouch, hush, pastor, whatever you want to say. But you know what the truth. 
Hallelujah. And so and so we must understand that there is power in the gathering. Get this. Get this. Uh, God is more willing in certain situations to do things for us than he is willing to do just for you. Oh, that's going to be a tough pill to swallow there because I know you think God is just looking out for you. And if he don't do if he don't do nothing for nobody else, God, you gonna have to come through for me. That's not his heart. That's why in the beginning when he created man in Genesis chapter number three, he says chapter number two, it is not good for a man to be alone. It is not good for him to just be by himself, because if he just by himself, he's going to think I built all this just so that he could get his shine on. He will forget that the reason that I built this was because I am a God of relationship. The reason that that heavens are filled with angels the reason that the cherubim stand before him and cry holy is not because he needs to know that he is holy himself for by the mere fact that he is he knows that he's holy but he wants others to enjoy the splendor of his holiness and be partakers thereof that's why the bible tells us be ye holy why for i am holy let's do this thing together magnify me with me man y'all gonna catch it in a moment and understand that god's heart it only is to make sure that there are nations that benefit from the promises that he makes to one man he told Abraham when his name was Abram he said listen son I'm going to bless you and make you a blessing so that there can be many nations that will be called blessed listen Abram I know you think it's all about you but it's not about you flossing your goodness so that others will see how great you are but the reality is I'm blessing you so that I can bless others tell somebody God wants to bless us where you're going with this. I made a statement. God is not as willing to do for me what he is willing, more than willing, to do for us. We see this in scripture in the book of Exodus, chapter number four, verses one through three, where we see one of the most prolific leaders in all of Israel's history. His name is Moses, and he's being called to fulfill a purpose at this day and during this time. But watch. In this moment where he's being called of God, he has to literally beg and plead with God. God God, please give me evidence that you are who you say you are because when I go to these people they're not going to believe me see the problem there is he wants it to benefit himself but God is very hesitant to give it to him so God says I tell you what since you think it's about you take the doggone rod on your hand throw it down on the ground and watch what it turns into he says this thing is what I wanted to do before the people but since you just needed to see for yourself here I will show it to you watch this begrudgingly but we see the same God with the same man in the same book in just about three chapters over chapter number seven you'll look specifically at verse number 10 and you will see that God willfully does the same miracle but we find that same man in a different surrounding before we see him in chapter number four he's at the burning bush he's having a conversation with God God calls him and there's nobody around but him and God but in chapter number seven, we see he is about to step foot into the realm and the arena of Egypt, the realm of which he was called out of. He goes back into Egypt. There are magicians all around. Pharaoh is standing there before him saying, I will not let your people go. You don't even have a people. You lived in our house, young little Moses. So who are you to tell me who and what I should let go? The 
then God, before he even goes in the room, says, Moses, oh Moses, Moses, oh Moses, I got something to tell y'all. Because you see, he is with Aaron, his brother, about to go before Pharaoh, and he's about to show just how powerful of a God he is. Listen, I know you've been praying for God to do something fresh, for God to do something now, for him to come through for you in and of your own accord. But there are certain things that God wants to wait until he has an audience to see just how good of a God he is. Tell your neighbor, don't quit, don't give up. <laughs> just get in front of a larger audience. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what God wants. He wants others to see his goodness. He wants you to tell of his greatness. He don't want you to keep it to yourself. Ah, man, let me slow down here. And so we see in chapter number seven, verse number 10, we see Moses in a position where he's before other people. And now God is excited to willfully tell him when you go in there, you remember that thing you asked me about that I didn't want to tell you about when we were on the, on the top of the mountain at the burning bush? I'm going to show that thing and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be so awesome. It's going to cause all of Egypt to realize that I am the God greater than that God that they call Pharaoh. God wants to show himself, but it's only when he has an audience of individuals who have gathered themselves together and don't want to keep it to themselves. We know what the Bible says. You go on and read it in your own time in the book of Exodus. Moses goes in there. He doesn't even have to lift a rod. <laughs> what is thing a priest, man? Moses don't even touch the rod. He gives it to his brother, Aaron, and Aaron throws down the rod. And so much so that when he throws down the rod, the other magicians are looking like, that ain't nothing to us. So they take their rod, they begin to do their worship in their form of, of, uh, of sorcery. Throw their rods down, their rods turn into serpents too. And they're looking at him like, what? I can see in the back of Moses' mind like, oh, snap. I ain't think they could do what I did. Oh, man, what is we going to do? Watch. But in that moment, the rod of the Lord goes and it consumes every rod. Every adversary that's coming before you, whether it be COVID-19, whether it be racism, whether it be injustice, whether it be, well, I don't know what your thing, it may be fear, it may be panic, but if in an audience of people, here's why now is not the time to be silent. Now is the time to release the sound of heaven, not out of emotion, but out of the spirit, the realm of the spirit, led of the spirit of God. Because when we release a sound, when everybody's watching, whatever you expect it, watch this, here's how the apostle said it, now unto him. <laughs> who is able to do exceeding <laughs> abundantly far above all that you could ask or think according to the power that worketh in you watch this God's power is working in you so that others can see it I just trying to get you to see there's a reason that you registered for service today and came in had to wait for the person in front of you stay six feet away show your little confirmation that you are in service sit down six feet apart from the person that you drove in the same car with to get here there's a reason that you're pressing through all of those all of those regulations it's because there is power when we come together when we press past whatever the stipulations are whatever the regulations are and we come together release one sound one voice and shout for the voice of victory in the kingdom of God so here's what I want to leave you with I don't know what you've been praying for at home and ain't seen it I don't know what you've been shouting around your own house about but I tell you what if you ain't seen it yet now's the time to shout <laughs> Wow, what a message. What a word, man. I just love God's word. It's so empowering, so impactful. 
causes us to be exactly what God wants us to be. I hope you enjoyed that message. As a matter of fact, if you'd like to catch us via our live stream, you can do so by going to our website, www.michaelgrantministries.net on Sundays at 11.30 a.m. or Tuesdays at 7.15 p.m., both Eastern Standard Time. Until next time, I pray that you stay strong in your faith and in all that God is speaking in your life, you have exactly what you say.